Cody. You know, Corey isn't my real name, right? Um, yeah. Um, it's a it's. I made it up for business purposes, as Mister T it's, says. Yeah, it's your the old T and Peel sketch. Yeah. <laughs> I made it up for business purposes, but um, my my real name is James, but uh, that that's beside the point. When it came to uh, picking the name Corey, it was all based on the fact that I wanted. Uh, I wanted my initials to be CK, like uh, Calvin Klein. Yeah. I wanted, yeah. When I first started wrestling, for my gimmick to be that I was a, a like a ditzy male model who, yeah, okay. doesn't, who doesn't know a lot of things. But I wanted my initials to be CK. So on the side of my pants, it could say CK. And I was like, I'm going to change, change the, the spelling of castle to a K and pick a cool C name that goes with it. Yeah. My my one of my best friends, one of the guys I came up with in the wrestling business, uh, we, he doesn't let me forget that I almost went with Cody Castle. <laughs> that was almost my name, and he still calls me it to this yeah. day. <laughs> I I don't know if I know many Codys in real life. I know a few, but yeah, I've I've got about uh, three that I'm friends with, and so when we hang out, we just use each other's last names. That's it, and it confuses everybody. And uh, I'm business partners in in a sense um, with one of them. And so when we show up to do like a photography thing or a videography, uh, they go, hi, what's your name? Cody. And then I introduce myself, whatever, Cody. It's like, all right. So it's really easy to remember. Just two Cody's. <laughs> oh, yeah. It makes it a lot easier. Well, I want to say before anything else, welcome. And I'm, ple I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to meet you. This is amazing. I'm glad that uh, we, we got uh, some interactions with each other and we were able to become a little bit familiar with each other. I mean, just through like very peripheral ways, like just yeah. listening to each other's podcasts and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate I'm, it. I'm, I'm excited to have a new friend. Yeah. Somebody who's sure. into like creating being a, being a real, like, I can't tell me I'm not going to do it. I'm effing doing it kind of creator. And that's you literally just described me to a T as a person. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because my friend, like, like, like I'm hard-headed in, in good ways, I guess, if there is a good way to be hard-headed. Like, whatever I get, when I get something in my head, it's pretty much going to happen. And mm -hmm. one of my friends was like, I was, it was something stupid. I was talking about ordering a slap chop just to help, like, mince onions better. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, you don't want to do that. Oh, I'm going to do it. He's like, you know what? I don't even know why I bother arguing with you anymore, because pretty much when you say you're going to do something, you do something. <laughs> so it's like, that, that can be good. But, yeah, no, I... Sometimes I find it hard to find people that are like that, though. You know what I mean? That, yeah. like, when it comes to trying to be creative or like take a chance or something like that, people well, are. Just... I've stopped telling people that I'm going to do things. I just decide to do them. Yeah. And uh, that way, you're not met with, oh, you can't. Oh, you shouldn't. Because then, like, then maybe, maybe just in a vulnerable moment, somebody's influence will take over yeah. and you'll talk yourself out of doing the thing you wanted to do. So yeah. instead, I don't tell people what I'm doing. I just do the things that I want to do. Yeah, no, that's that's a good thing to do. Yeah, and um, and sometimes too, like I try and bring people along with me, or like, hey, I think you'd be perfect for this. And so you tell them, you know, let's you know be creative and stuff like that, and they just it just doesn't click. You know what I mean? And so you're sitting there struggling, like, well, I really want to do this with you, or I really think you'd be good for this, but you just don't want to be creative. You know what I mean? Like you're a creative person, but you. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's obstacles. There's obstacles 
And those other op those obstacles are sometimes other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so your show is, I mean, we've I, been described as autistically funny. It's it's, it's very <laughs> funny, but it's like you have to like kind of be ready for something that's gonna like kind kind of be offensive a little bit. You're gonna hear some you're oh, gonna yeah. hear some words that you don't like. If if you're looking for things to be offended by, this is probably the show for you. Yeah, we don't we don't intentionally try and be like we don't try and be like a legion of skanks or anything like that offensive. Mm -hmm. um, I, have you ever listened to Come Town? Yeah, yeah. So um, we started our podcast, and then we were maybe five or six episodes in, and uh, my co-host Quint um, turned me on to those guys, and I was like, oh, okay. So I wouldn't say we've tried to mimic them or anything like that, but they've definitely been an influence. But mm -hmm. I don't know. We, uh, like I said, we don't try me and intentionally offensive, but it's mostly just us rambling. You know what I mean? I do think I get, I get the feeling. I do very much get the feeling that <clears throat> for me, I want to make sure this podcast is very much like if I wasn't on this podcast, this would be a show I'd want to listen to. Yeah. And I get very much get the feeling that you and Quint have that same thought process. Like this, I don't know if you guys listen back to your own shows. I don't really listen back to my own show very much. I, <laughs> I do because I like I like hearing because most of the time I'm like the workhorse of our duo. Quint's just the talent, you know, he's the Tom Cruise. He shows up on set, <laughs> looks pretty and is ready to go, and just it, it just produces content. And I do all like the legwork and then we work with I work with our producer and stuff like that. So Whenever we're during during the show, like I'm hearing Quentin responding to him, but I like to go back and listen to it because I might have missed something because I'm trying to check something. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. maybe I'm too attention deficit for that. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I hate listening to my own juggling. Voice. Yeah, I I hate listening to my own voice, but uh, it's it's fun to listen to him. Well, it's you know what I also get in my head about, and it happens to me a lot. And uh, other people who are making things, please also recognize this vulnerability and understand it's normal i beat myself up over how often i say like the yeah amount, the amount of times i say like because sometimes when you're when you're discussing something with somebody and they're looking at you in your face it's it's you, you use that as a way to associate things with other things and it's yeah. just like if i don't say it enough i'm gonna lose you yeah no, hundred percent. Like I, uh, I just said it right there. It's uh -huh. one of my, it's one of my filler words. Right. And it hasn't been to the last uh, two or three episodes when I listen back to it. I hear myself saying like a lot. Yeah. And I, it bothers me. Um. So whenever I'm, whenever I'm talking about something and I know the the track that I want to go on, I don't use the word like. You know, if I have a point that I want to make or I'm talking about something and I'm not trying to spitball because. Our, our show is not scripted at all. Mm -hmm. I, I'll, will, I will generate topics throughout the week for us to talk about. But then everything else is just, hey, here's a topic. Let's go on this for however yeah. long. Yeah. And so I find myself saying like a lot. And it's really, it's really been bothering me lately. So whenever, I, I, whenever we're recording, I, I do my best to like consciously think about saying the word like and try not to do it. I, I, had, I had Todd Glass on, on the podcast. And uh, I listened back to that episode mm -hmm. the night the night of, and I was like laying in bed, and I was like, "Can I say like any more time?" I was so <laughs> embarrassed. 
I yep. was so ridiculously embarrassed. And then two years passed and I had him on the show again. And I was telling him about how embarrassed I was to listen to it. I didn't tell him for what reason. Yeah. But I just told him how embarrassed I was. And he was like, you, you should. You should be. <laughs> you should be embarrassed. <laughs> you should absolutely be embarrassed. But I think I think the point of that was like if you're not growing, you should be embarrassed. If you're if you're totally listening to something that you did like two years prior and and you're proud of it, and you're like, wow, that was good. Something's wrong. Something might be wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's probably well. Uh, <clears throat> That's probably why, probably why I will avoid listening back to older episodes. Like, I started doing it in 2017, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I'm at this point. I got 230 episodes. Well, you're the 230th episode. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, 231 episodes. I put one bonus in there somewhere, but uh, <laughs> just I, I can't listen back to many of them. A lot of times, what I'll do is I'll. I'll, I'll let it happen and then I'll then I'll scroll through to find like what I thought were like the best part or some mm -hmm. like highlights of it something that maybe I can make a clip out of or or a yeah. pod snack as my friend Jordan just taught me the <laughs> just taught me those words I've never heard that before either, so I'm just doing you just clip a little bit of the audio mm -hmm. I I'm getting some feedback are you are you hearing no no maybe it's just me um but yeah, no, I, I totally hear you. Um, so our first seven episodes, I think, we used just an overhead mic that we use for video production and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And after after we got through a certain amount of episodes, I decided, okay, we're we are actually doing this. Mm -hmm. So I went and invested in, you know, sure SM7Bs, which I'm talking out of right now. Right. And so when I go back and listen to those earlier episodes, I just want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> a for how non a for how they sound and then b just for like i can tell how much we've grown and how much you know i've been comfortable on camera and stuff like that and, and producing via other work that we were talking about before the show mm -hmm. um but just getting into like podcasting and, and being more comfortable with the sound of your voice and and all that stuff um yeah i've definitely noticed a, a big difference not saying we're perfect or whatever it's just better than we were in the beginning which is like you said always a good thing <laughs> right do you do you, do you have kids? No, I do not. Not yet. No, no. my wife's make, making me wait until we're 30. So I got three more years to wait. Okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Is that something you want? Is that uh Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, um, I, de I desperately wanted to be a dad. <laughs> um, but she, like, it, she makes good points. But um, actually, in my family, we, um, my brother just had a child last January. So she's a year and two months old. Um, there's been five generations in my family where the the men don't have their first child until they're thirty. Did so you see? It goes all the way back to like my great great grandfather had his first child when he was thirty, and every every man in our family tree since then has had their first kid at thirty, which is mm. totally unplanned. It's a, it's it's a it's a, it's a swell pattern. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. want to stay inside the pocket on that one. Yeah. Have exactly. you seen Have you seen King of Staten Island? Yes, I have. Yeah, I watched that movie. Yeah, yeah. What do you identify with that? Like when when Pete's like when Pete's doing thing, and he's like, "Oh, for firefighters to have kids, it's incredibly selfish." And 
jumps into that whole bit saying that to the firefighters at the baseball game? Um, I, I feel like, um, no, cause I, I mean, I'm a volunteer firefighter. I work in public service. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things where, um, I saw the point when, during the movie and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, from the child's perspective perspective, maybe, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I didn't think too hard about it. I mean, that does, it, it holds true to a certain degree. You know what I mean? Cause you, you want to have kids, you want to experience that and whatnot, but you're also in a profession that's profession that is very dangerous. Uh, just like in the military, I served, I served in the military as well. Um, and yeah, if you had a kid and you got, uh, you know, you were killed in the line of duty or whatever, then yeah, you're already leaving that child pretty broken. Mm. So, I mean, it can be viewed, I guess, as, as selfish and whatnot, but yeah, I don't know. I hadn't really even thought about that. You're fucking my head. <laughs> You're fucking with my head. <laughs> well, I, it's some, a thing I think about a lot is the amount of influence, and I think the part of having a podcast, whether you have whether you have ten listeners or you have millions of listeners, yeah, uh, you you have a platform in which you're showing people how you're living your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get real wrapped up in like things being on the record. So when I, I said to you earlier in the show, I was like, or no, before we even started, I was like, this is going to be associated with you forever. Forever. Yeah. Like this stuff, this is outliving us. So the the important part is like, I, I'm not anybody's father, but I'm always like, well, what if one day, what if one day I had kids? They yeah. can go back and see what their dad was really like between the ages of this and ages of thirty-three on. Yeah, exactly. I we 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 t- we touched on this uh, on a, a couple of the last episodes, where you know I hear stories from my father and whatnot about him growing up and and whatnot and kind of what he was like, but you don't truly know what your parents were like because that was the age before the internet. Right. And so now you know my future children can go back and watch hours and hours and hours of me talking and they know they can know who I am, which I think is something that is kind of cool about social media. I mean, there's plenty of downsides, but a good upside that I like to focus on, especially doing podcasts and whatnot, um, is that I'm creating a digital diary for my children. You know what I mean? So I always try and keep that in mind whenever I'm producing anything or putting anything out there is, you know, is are my future kids going to look at this and be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> or are they going to look at it and, and just kind of understand me more? And then after I'm, you know, well dead and gone, they have something to look back and, you know, if they miss me or whatever, they have something to look back and look at. And hopefully yeah. that's something that they enjoy. I said, I said it on this show so many times, but um, when I was first beginning the show, it might've been before I even started recording it or I had just a couple episodes in uh, my mom had, my mom had a, she got these voicemails that were left from her mom and from her best friend, Maria. Yeah. And uh, they were left on her phone. She got them burnt to a CD so that she could just listen to them every once in a while. Yeah. She said, you know, how like when people pass away and you forget what their voice sounds like. Yeah. I was like, I don't want that. 
I don't want that. Like that was that was like a big motivator for me wanting to make sure I on the record say to people who matter to me or people who fascinate me that I see something in them that I respect and I'm glad we're on this journey. Like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And the the part of that being like I wanted to make sure I got an episode with my mom where I could tell her how much I love her and I respect the sacrifices that she made in order to be my mom and not not be her anymore. She gave up her Mary Bethness to be my mom. Yeah, no, I actually I actually had a did an episode with my mom as well. So okay. I, I know I'll definitely have that in the bank, you know, after after she's gone. I need yeah. to get one in with my dad. Uh, I think that'd be a hell of an episode, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to have one with both of my parents for sure. Uh, this might, this might be a safe space for me to tell you. Uh, my dad called me after the episode of my mom came out and yeah. he like, he like laundry listed down. Like she was lying about this. She was lying about that. She was <laughs> lying about this. Are, are, are your parents still together? No, no. My no. parents, my parents have been broken up my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and, he was like, and, and he was like, I don't know why I don't know. I'm giving my dad like a redneck accent. I don't, he, he lives in Texas. Yeah, fine. You, can, you can give him one of these. Yeah, I'm from Texas. You don't mess with Texas. You know, <laughs> yeah, my, my dad lives in Texas. And he said, one of the, one of the most sixties, one of the most in your sixties things you could say to somebody. He said, I don't know why you decide to try to broadcast your life on the worldwide weird. <laughs> uh, okay, boomer, go back to the fucking like, closet. Listen to your fucking. Nobody record. even calls it the worldwide <laughs> web anymore. So yeah. just saying worldwide weird is irrelevant. Yeah. Do you think we're gonna be like that whenever we get older? Because it's yeah, there's where I, well, my thing is is we've there was a life like at least for me like I'm 27. I was born in 93. So for me. The internet's always been around, but I was uh, old enough to remember stuff while it was developing. Mm -hmm. And so once you're already in it, you just keep updating with like the next thing. But our parents, they were probably what, 30, 40, even um, before the internet came out. And so they just get, they're super associated with it unless they have to use it for work. You know what I mean? You, you know, a weird thing that I've noticed my mom, my mom, my uncles, um, my uncle, my aunts, like they, they remember such details about their childhood that I think we've filled our heads so much with that we kind of forgot about stuff. Like my, my uncle would be like, oh yeah, I was talking to Bernie McGill. Remember Bernie McGill from when we were kids? Like, like you remember first and last names of people that you were neighbors with when you were children? I yeah. don't remember that shit. I, I, yeah. I, do you know what? Actually, I kind of been subconsciously doing it. Um, I try and go back and remember as far back as I can because the memory is just you're remembering the last time you re you remembered it, right? So you know you, your memories can change over time. Um, so I occasionally I'll just randomly think back to as far as I can go and just try and remember remember names and stuff like that so it doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. That's uh, yeah, yeah. I recently recently told a story on here about like when I was three years old. And I remember clear as day still, like I can still remember that part, that part of it because that was like an impactful moment. But I don't, yeah. don't remember like the kids that lived in my neighborhood. Like, yeah, first, uh, I remember yeah. I have a, I have a memory from probably about three or four. We went down to Florida for a vacation and I distinctly remember 
checking into like we had like a condo or something like that right on the beach and i remember like walking in and my parents as being carried i remember my mom turning on the lights like in the kitchen and then being able to see like the the kitchen dining room and then out the big windows that led out to the beach and then i remember it was probably on that same trip walking into some water where that said do not walk in here and it had seashells all over the bottom of the of the of the water body of water whatever it was and just cutting the hell out of my feet like deep cuts and stuff like that from all the shells i distinctly remember that stuff but yeah i'm with you i can't remember anything else i remember my childhood best friend but that memory was a deep cut yeah (laughs) there you go (laughs) oh oh oh. actually i wonder if you can whoa i can't hear myself anymore oh i can still hear you i can't hear you what just happened oh (laughs) I hit the wrong. Did you come unplugged? No, I just hit the wrong button. <laughs> yeah, I I think there is the I think the nostalgia that we have. I'm not. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, but yeah, uh, our generation. I'm I'm 37, so I think our our. Am I 37? Yeah, I'm 37. <laughs> I have to do that shit all the time. I'm like, how old am I turning? This? How old am I? Right. So I think we do this thing where we like go, look at the nostalgia. Look at the, look at like what, like uh, having the physical medium of something means to us. Yeah. And like everything can be streamed. Like what's the point of having this whole shelf right here with all DVDs and stuff on it. And like, that's, that's kind of lost. And, and by us going like, these kids will never know what it was like. They have a, they they grew up with a smartphone. And yeah. They don't remember having to buy a DVD player when it came out, and all your VHS tapes are now obsolete, and you can never watch them again. I was I was saying like um when I when I started pro wrestling when I my first match my yeah. first match in pro wrestling my theme song was played on a cassette player like uh, it was awesome. a cassette tape that had yeah. my theme song on it but like like. These kids these days will never understand. Yeah, no, we're yeah, we're definitely gonna be those boomers that yeah, when we're they're older and they're like running around in virtual reality for you know twenty hours a day or something like that. Your kids will never remember, or you'll never know what it's like to live in the real world. You need to go outside and get sun. What stop is having your uh, stop having your reality augmented? Yeah, exactly. I I think that's coming though. Like, yeah, I, I think I think honestly. I'm th- I'm hoping I can make it to probably 2070, 2080 at the most, because that would leave me at 87. I think honestly, by 2050, 2060, VR is definitely going to be. I don't think it's going to. Uh, have you ever seen? Um, it's a uh, not Channing Tatum, but the guy from 300, uh, uh, Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that? Where uh, movie? Yes. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I remember it. I remember it coming out. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to say it's like one of those things where you can virtually control somebody else or you'll be completely immersed mm-hmm. in a virtual world. But I definitely think it's going to be a, a big thing, not just for gaming, but for all, also leisure and shit like that. Dude, did you see the movie Virtuosity with Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe from the 90s? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. This, this, it's funny because <laughs> my, my co-host, Quint, he is he knows a, a ton of movies and people. I'm 
I'm good with names, not with matching names to faces. Mm-hmm. But then he's also seen, seen a lot of obscure films or just a ton of films from the 80s and 90s and stuff. And so he'll reference something I'm like, I've never seen that. Dude, it came out in 87. Yeah, like 30 something years ago, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a few years before I was even born. Yeah, so sorry. Yeah, you, you like, know, Chris hasn't even met yet. Yeah, crucify me for not even knowing that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think virtuosity would be a good, a fun watch along, like a good. Uh, you can so do what, a, what's the what's the plot? Spoiler for all of you. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry to ruin a movie that came out in 1995. But yeah. here's here's what I think happened. From I think there was a virtual a virtual reality game where uh, Russell Crowe's character was the bad guy. Okay. And then the character somehow came out into the real world and was killing people. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It was so, a video game. Ca- yeah. yeah. Escaped the virtual world and it became reality. Great right. one to Yeah. And in that, I remember watching the behind the scenes to that. Like it was like on, I don't, I don't know. There was a behind the scenes thing on TV when I was yeah. a kid. And Denzel being like, I'll never do another action movie again. This is kicking <laughs> my ass. I'm like, Dude, you've done so many action movies since then. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But that, like I said, like like we said, the memory that just sticks with you. For some reason, I was watching some behind the scenes thing. I don't remember why I was watching it, but for sure, I remember being like, every time I saw Denzel in an action movie after that, I was like, hypocrite. Uh, yeah, hypocrite. You want to know what another one of those random um, memories that I have, and I don't know why. Um. Do you know who Louis C.K. is, the comedian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of people do, but um, I remember watching this like obscure talk show late at night, and Jim Carrey was on there, and they were asking him what his favorite like up-and-coming comedians were. And it was he said, oh, I like Louis C.K. and his stuff. And I was like, who the hell is that? And then I want to say like five or six years later is when Louis C.K.'s first special came out on Netflix. And for I, I think because I saw his his name, and I was like, oh, I think I saw something with Jim Carrey talking about that. That's why it stuck with me. But yeah, it was just a really obscure, random memory that's just stuck with me um, on that. I can remember the set and everything. And I'm like, I, I, it was like probably one o'clock in the morning, like some cable access TV <laughs> that he did. Dude, Jim Carrey is... Jim Carrey is definitely one of my heroes, like for sure. I... Did you watch? Did you watch the H, the Showtime show Kidding that he did? No, uh, the last thing I think I saw of him was twenty the no, number twenty three or or tw- just twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. Was that his last movie that he did? No, <laughs> no, he's done well, tons of stuff since then. Well, what was what was his last film? Because I also remember him Netflix was- this. Um, it was like a Jimmy. Yeah, it's like a jo- documentary about a documentary, and I thought it was really weird. Like he was playing somebody else, but they were the film was actually them. Did you, the film. Did you see the movie that it was that the movie was called Man on the Moon? It was a, a biopic for Andy Kaufman, so he was playing Andy Kaufman in yeah. in the biopic. And I, yeah, I, he, I don't think like Kaufman. Method. Yeah, I just I just saw that. I never saw the actual movie. Okay. I think I tried to do some research afterwards and I'd read an article and just <laughs> didn't do any more research that that was so 
that was what it was. It wasn't like an actual movie they were putting out. I saw the movie in the theaters. I remember I was uh, what was Man on the Moon, right? Yeah, I think it was like 99, 98, 99, or something like that. Oh, really? But didn't that thing that Netflix put out come out like two years ago? Yeah. Oh. So they, they 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 released this like a way later. They were like, uh, "Oh, that movie came out in the '90s," and then now we're gonna make this documentary where we're like catching up with current day Jim Carrey to talk about the movie that came out in '98 or whatever. Gotcha. Let me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I hope my camera's still up. I'm looking at Jim Carrey's movies. I'm trying to find his most recent one because actually, I'm probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sonic. Yeah, I guess Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, but I'm looking at these movies that he's been in. I think I've seen just about every single movie he's ever been in or anything he's ever done. So, yeah. So why do you say he's uh, one of your heroes? I, I just I remember like when I was a kid wanting to be a comedian, I always wanted to do comedy. And then right when I was like, yeah, I'm going to do comedy in Living Color came out and I just watched that. And I was like, oh, this guy. He's just inspiring me and I just want to do. And then the whole stuff came out about his backstory with his writing the check to his father for acting services rendered. Yeah. Uh, and he put the check in his, in his dad's uh, grave with him or in the casket with him or something. And I was like, all of that feels like some me shit. That yeah. feels like some me shit. And uh, <clears throat> it just, it just makes me, I'm, I'm very much in the idea of, somebody else's success isn't my failure. And it's like, Oh, that just shows me I can do it. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I got it. I can, I can, I can blaze my own trail that might be similar to this one. And, and it's not me ripping somebody off or being a hack. It's very much like, it's very much like, well, I'm dude, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that, you know, that your podcast exists. I'm excited that, you have the opportunity to reach some people and you're, you're creating some quality content that will create it like a digital timestamp for your, your future kids to listen back, to get to know Cody or, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, no. You'll be able to get, get, you know, it'll be a, a clearer picture for, you know, maybe one day they'll be able to like go, Hey dad, uh, you said in, in this episode, like, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah, I think fifteen I, or something, they'll discover it and be like, uh, "You said a word that no one should say. <laughs> Why did you say that?" Get, get canceled like, years in the future. Yeah, it was a different time, son. Yeah, it was a different time. It, it wasn't okay at the time, but I still said it. Are you? Are, I'm assuming you're talking about the R word. Oh, probably. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Didn't want to stand on your show and, and piss everyone off. No, man. I, I mean, I used to do. I have to say. Uh, fully, fully, fully transparent. I want to make sure that I'm all the way up front with this. I <clears throat> coming up, I was, I was, I kind of, I kind of had a little bit of an ego and I, yeah. I've had to, I've had to like have conversations with my ego and thank it for coming and tell it to, leave. to the back. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like when I was a kid, I used to, I used to, I used to say tons of stuff. Like my, my family, uh, I have one brother who's a uh, special needs, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, I have, uh, I have a gay brother. I have a lesbian sister and, uh, a lesbian mom. 
So I'm like, oh, I can, I can say all this stuff. Like I can, and I was a sped kid. So I was like helping the kids next to me read and stuff, like learn how to read and helping them spell things. Like that was all part of it. I was like, oh, I can, I can say that word because I'm one of them. But I, I eventually, instead of having to round about retell the story, how I can, I can say this because I'm this, I just cut that shit out. It's like, I don't, I don't, uh, well, but uh, like, I, I don't know. Um, and, and maybe this to me, some enlightenment, enlightenment, but, um, I feel like using words like the R word and stuff like that, it, it matters a lot on intent, like what your intent is. Uh, it may be upsetting to some people, but I don't necessarily view it as wrong unless you're using it against somebody um in a in a derogatory way or you do meet someone that special needs and then you do call them an r word stuff like that because that's just it's vindictive and punching down and stuff like that well i um, i I've, I've really i say all that so that i can tell you these two quick stories okay all right um so i was a i was a groomsman in one of my best friend's weddings mm -hmm. and his wife has a lot of mentally challenged people in her family she said to me, you're going to, they're going to announce you coming out and you're going to come out to the song. Let's get it started by the black eyed peas. Okay. Already see where this is going. <laughs> I said, I hope it's the, let's get it started version of that song yeah. because her family is very, there's a lot of Especially, mentally, mentally yeah. challenged folks. And I was like, I, I, I heard the song come on and I was like, Yep, that's definitely let's get retarded. Like that was definitely definitely the version of the song. And I was walking out. Wait, they played that version of the song and not let it get started. Yes, they were playing the let's get retarded version of the song. Was it at just the wedding? Were of the of the groom, or like like it was it was the family of the of the bride, who uh, who had mentally challenged people in her family. And but like, were they? Sorry, I, I guess cutting you off but um who decided to play let's get retarded instead of let's get it started oh whoever the dj was the wedding uh, dj the oh, wedding. that's the very wedding. cool of him to assume that you could just play that at a wedding right okay. so so um uh, i i go i'm like i hear that playing and i'm like i just started walking out and i was like i'm not dancing to this i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm gonna protest that this is the song that we're coming out to so i'm like yeah, like walking out with my arms crossed, and I like look over and I see the whole group, the whole family is all dancing and having a great time, and they're smiling and they're laughing. Yeah, and it's not offending them, they're not offended by this, they're just there to have a good time. And I was like, Oh, I'm being retarded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 the, the thing about most words, um, is. A lot of people get offended on behalf of other people. Mm -hmm. Most, most, most of the outrage usually comes from people being outraged on behalf of other people who, like you said, like in in that story, in that anecdotal experience, mm -hmm. you were you were offended for somebody who was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't care." Um, <laughs> well, I mean, and then I, you're, like, oh, uh, okay, all right. Yeah. So once again, uh, sped kid. Got that used again, got that word used against me hard by bullies growing up, like for sure. 
like lived that life. Yeah. I was in special classes since fourth grade. And uh, it was funny because uh, do you know who Lewis Howe is? Uh, I don't believe so. He's like a motivational speaker. He's like a, he's like an offshoot of like Tony Robbins. Oh, gotcha. And he, He put this like short film on his, he put this short film on his Instagram that was like, uh, some some kid making fun of the the sped kid for not being able to like read well. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you'll probably just grow up to be a school janitor, you 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 dumb idiot." And and then he like went off and wrote books and became this big successful uh, motivational speaker and author. And then he went back to the school to meet the teachers who encouraged him, and that kid who bullied him was the school janitor. <laughs> and I said, I, I commented on, it, I said, that exact thing happened to me, except I didn't like write tons of books or anything. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not, but, super, I'm not like majorly successful. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I was at the time I was, there was a, there was a, a kid who, when I, when I went to special ed, there was like the, the school, cl- the class picture, like everybody in that grade is in the picture. And this kid said, you don't belong with the rest of the class. You're retarded. And as the kid said it to me, he's like, you belong with an, in another picture with just the yeah, bed kids. Yeah. And, and, uh, pretty fucked up. <laughs> it, 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 it kind of traumatized me. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, where, where are you from? Sorry. From Philly. From Philly. Okay. All right. Okay. I was going to say, cause, that's definitely something to me that like when people say public school that comes to mind mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's so foreign to me because we didn't have any of that stuff i mean i went to a super rural school you know mm-hmm. between cornfields and, and cows um and like never never once saw any bullying nobody i mean our class sizes were 50 60 people so you mm-hmm. knew everyone was going to combine junior high and high school so you never saw that stuff so when i hear stories about like public school most of the shit is really foreign to me. And I'm like, that shit really happens. <laughs> but, so that's one of the stories where I'm like, wow, I can't. Okay. All right. That's, that's pretty grotesque. But after high school, it ended, I, I was wrestling on TV. Like I, I was around, like around here. It was local TV, but like to me, it was a huge deal. That was the channel that ECW on, was on. Yeah. Right. You're on TV. Yeah. Right. So I was like, well, well, this is awesome. And, uh, and then I went into Burger King and the guy who told me I didn't belong. And then I was the R word was flipping burgers. And I was like, all right. Did you, did you say I mean, hi or like, did you like call Like, did you just see him? Or no, did you no. him? I, I mean, I, I didn't talk to him. I didn't say anything. I was just like, you got uh, you Justin. Take, take my order, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why you can, that's why you got to be careful what you say to people because you never know when that's going to come back and bite you in the ass or like later on in life you, that person might be someone that you know you don't get along at the time but in the future you're like oh dude we totally jive now you know yeah I I super value the interactions I have with people and uh, I think I'll I'll probably tell you that I'm very fascinated with the resources that connect people and the things that inspired somebody to do something else. That caught the the chain reaction that led to like life changing moments for somebody, uh, and I I get all the time things coming back up that can help me based off of interactions that I had 
before that I had to act accordingly or uh, make a good impression or, uh, or just, you know, be sweet to somebody when, when the opportunity was there. Yeah. Instead of just like ignoring it, which is so easy to do. And that also brings up the point I make a lot is doing nothing is easy. Most people live a life that is nothing and it is easy. Yeah. I think, I think most, most folks uh, walk around in a uh, autopilot mode and aren't intentionally creating their existence. And I see that as something you are doing. I see something you're doing as uh, being an intentional creator in your existence. And I respect it. And yeah, I oh, appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, my interactions with people, yeah, it'd be super easy to, um, you know, ignore someone or just not engage with that. But I, like you said, I kind of strongly believe in, A, just being nice to people in general. It's probably the Midwest in me. But also being nice to somebody because you never know when you're going to need that person or, you know, that person might need you or they meet somebody that it matters that they have a good opinion of you. So you, it's always a good rule of thumb to be nice to people just because that's the decent human thing to do. But then you also never know when that person's going to come back into your life and whether the circumstances are going to be in your favor or not. And it could have, it would have behooved you back then to be nice to them um, for your future self, you know? Well, I, I, I'm currently working a job that I worked at 13 years ago. <laughs> like, so they brought me back all this time later. And yeah. I, I just got offered something today that was from somebody who I worked for 11 years ago. So it's like, uh, well, I must be, uh, hopefully, hopefully I'm not a pain to be around. You yeah. Know? You're putting the, you're putting the right vibes out there. Yeah. <laughs> no, hopefully I'm not a real pain to be around. I think, I think that, uh, it helps. It helps when you can, uh, be funny. I'm, I'm not, I'm not calling myself funny, but I'm saying, uh, Maybe maybe next to the next person that you would ask to come work for you or do something for you, uh, yeah, they're they're maybe not as funny and maybe not as much of a pleasure to be around. Yeah, exactly. I I I, I yeah I I know what you're saying. Like I don't want to call myself funny either, mm -hmm. but yeah, um, de definitely like it does help to be at least uh, charismatic. You know what I mean. Um, as compared to the next person, because if you make, if you crack a joke, whatever, at the right time and people laugh, they're going to remember that. And they're going to remember you. Mm. you know what I mean? And then if you like, especially if you're inter interviewing for a job, if you can try and fit some sort of humor in there or something like that. They're going to remember you. And then the next Joe blow comes in. They're like, that guy sucks compared to this last one. And it could just be all your charisma too. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're more qualified, but you were funnier. <laughs> well, I, I also really like to have, like tons of things that can be listed off. I love the idea of like listing off like, oh, this guy's this and this and this and this instead of being just this one thing. Yeah. Like uh, be, it's very, it shows a flexibility and it shows an, an, an ease in uh, going with the flow and figuring something new out and being something new just because you're something, just because you're something doesn't mean you can't be something beyond that. Yeah, correct. Yeah, totally be one thing. You right. know, yeah, for sure. I I totally understand that. 
I feel like we like I dude, you're like just speaking all these truths to me. Like, damn, like are we the same person? <laughs> oh, that's nice. I like I like having friends like that. That's a, that's like the point of making friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can we can be different enough in a lot of ways that it can uh you know the similarities and the differences can find a middle ground. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. just trying to be I, I I strongly feel like you can be friends with anybody. As long as you're open and um, receptive in the sense that I may disagree with you on a lot of things, but if we can find some common ground and you can keep an open mind and not, you know, just because this person doesn't think the way I think, that doesn't mean that you can't be friends with them. You know, my time spent in the military, you meet literally everybody from every different socioeconomic class. I mean, just every sort of background upbringing you can imagine. And as long as you have some common values, you can be friends with anybody, even if, you know, you would have never even associated with that person before or never even thought about it. You're forced together and then you find common ground. And now I've got some really lifelong friends that I never would have imagined being friends with in a million years just because we come from such different walks of life. But here we are. I, uh, I, have, I have a humongous amount of respect and love for the military and anyone who served the country. I uh, just want to say, like, that's awesome, and I want to. Don't say thank you for your service because I, I jacked. Will, I will never say that. That's okay, good. <laughs> never, never been the words that came out of my mouth. I really, before I would say that, I would have to say thank you for doing what you did, so that I didn't have to do it. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. Like, like I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, it, it's a a common thing uh, amongst service members. Um, we have a lot of people say thank you for your service or thank mm-hmm. you for what you did. And for like 99% of people in the military, mm-hmm. it was just jacking off in a porta potty and 150 degree heat in the desert. You know, there's like 1% of people that are out there actually like, you know, fighting and stuff like that. And the rest of us, no, but man, you, 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 you sacrificed an ease. You, you sacrificed a comfort in life. Like for sure. But if you weren't out there killing people, that's not, that's not the point of what you gave up for the fact that you did that job. That was your job. Yeah. In, inside of that job, you gave up your whole life. Like you you could have you could have started a family. You could have got a job that was uh secure and let me just shout <laughs> shout out shout out to my to my friends uh Renee Incarnacion and Dan Webb, real real close friends of mine would talk about the military service stuff all the time. Yeah. But um I I for sure want to make sure that it's known how much I respect the service members. Appreciate that. No, and, and I wasn't trying to downplay that or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just like it's it's a common it's a a common trope or like a funny trope with veterans and stuff like that. That right. when people start going in that stuff, it just makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. Not not for a bad reason or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know. Selfless service is one of the army's you know core values, and mm-hmm. um. Yeah, it just makes me squirm when people are like, thank you so much. I'm like, no, stop. It'll just be like, hey, thanks, man. Cool. I got the sentiment. <laughs> the idea, the kind of the, the cringeness of it is kind of like the cringe is like uh, the alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous. And then you start walking around telling everybody they are in this meeting and who you saw there. It's like, hey, you're breaching, you're breaching what you're, you're breaching the yeah. protocol here. Yeah. Do, do, do not tell me who was there. I don't want to know who was there and it's not none of my business. I wasn't there. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, oh, 
well, they had this amazing story in which this happened and that happened. Like, do you understand what that second A means? Yeah. Anonymous. <laughs> so yeah, I want to kind of want to talk to you about your wrestling career. So um, whenever we were uh, talking via, I'm oh, sorry, do you want to do something first? Oh, I was going to say, I was going to absolutely right now, just give you the opportunity to ask me anything you want. And oh. if, if, if it, if, if it goes from pro wrestling and then goes somewhere else, cool. If it stays in pro wrestling, that's fine. Cool. All right. So I am. Um, so I, whenever we were talking um, via Facebook, you know, trying to get interviews and stuff like that set up, um, I mentioned to you that I uh, routinely take the every chance I get to dump on people that um, enjoy like just wrestling fans and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and my co-host Quint, he's he really wanted to do uh, pro wrestling, but he kind of I think yeah he blew out his knee in high school playing football and stuff like that. But he's super into it, so mostly I just try and dump on him just because it's it's Quint and I want to you know it's push just, the buttons a little bit. But um, so how did you get into that? Was it just something where because Quint he just saw like WWE or whatever he saw wrestling on 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 TV and it's like that's really cool role models and he really wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, is that how you got into it? Or I think honestly, I think well, when we were kids, it was WWF. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't worry. I saw it on TV plenty of times and watched plenty of those. Yeah, I think. I think that there was a lot of a lot of storytelling and, and 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 a lot of escapism in being a fan because you could you could go like well uh, our family's really poor and it's hard to you know hard to hard to manage these feelings that we have but I know like I can I can look at this character and try to identify myself in that and if I were him this is what I do and it's sort of like escaping from. I don't want to say my life sucked because my life was fine. I did. I did, But there was times where it was like, it would be like, well, my dad's gone and this, there's struggles and money and the rent's hard to like, it's, yeah. it's all that stuff. is like, Oh, well I can get lost in my fandom of this. Yeah. So are you, are you saying that all pro wrestling fans are poor? Probably. <laughs> Probably. I was gonna say, if you look out in the crowd, you can pretty much you point yeah. up. Well, yeah, not a fucking iPhone to be found one in that crowd. <laughs> For wrestling, I, and I, I would say this with all the most love and respect and admiration I could possibly say for my own people, because these are my people. Yeah. We are we are together as as people in this. A good portion of them live in trailers. Oh, 100 percent. And see, that, that that's the thing though, is like every everyone that's like a NASCAR fan or fans of pro wrestling, mm -hmm. th those are like what you would think of me. I, I live in Kansas and whatnot. I'm just a bunch of white trash fucks running around right. at these at these uh at these events. So yeah, I I, I totally get that. I, I do I do stereotype that I like to push on and it really pisses a lot of people off. But it's I, all it's all in good fun. I do like to push the idea of what pro wrestling is pro wrestling is it's not it's not it's not uh it's, it's a, art it's a show you know what i mean it's not like a, a sport and it's not a competition it's a story and it's a craft and it's it's very it's very like it's easy to watch it and, and escape from whatever you're going through yeah it's like watching a movie but it's on every week 
Right. And like that, it's, it's the funny, the funniest thing. And I, I hope to represent my pro wrestling people as much as I can, because <laughs> I say this all the time. I say the rock belonged to us first and we let the rest of you have him. Yeah. Like, he was ours. Okay. And, uh, like I, I know a lot of people don't come forward with saying they agree with me on that, but people are like, Oh, you let us have them. And like, give me yeah. crap for it. I'm like, yeah, but no, like I, I knew him before you kind of like being like, I, oh, that was, I like them before they sold out as a band. Yeah, exactly. Like I used to go to their shows when they were playing at my local bar and now they're playing, you know, Madison square garden sold out right. for two weeks. Great. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, my biggest thing too, that I like to like, quit especially um is i say you know pro wrestling isn't it's all fake and there are a lot of diehard fans or that will either deny that it's fake or they'll say yeah it's 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 staged acting but look at all the stuff they do like page matches and dropping from the the um the lights and stuff like that you can't fake that like there is a lot of like risk and and pain and stuff like that that goes into it but i just be like dude i don't know you're just watching you're just watching a bunch of dudes pretend to, to wrestle um so so I have, a, like, I, have say, um, I have to say this is a this is a very personal issue for me yeah, <laughs> uh, and, I'm, and i'm not trying to piss you off or anything like, no, just, uh, it's not it's not working if you're trying if you were trying okay good. <laughs> but but when I when I think about pro wrestling and we, we talk about it being something that people grow out of, and it, I don't think that's possible when you're not influenced by somebody else who's shaming you. Like I think if you like it, be proud you like it and yeah. keep watching it. But if yeah. somebody goes, "Oh, that shit's fake," uh, you shouldn't have you. That's for kids. You, like I think it's up to you to decide who it's for. Oh, exactly. And I, and I, and I never intend to shame anyone to not watch it anymore. I just like to give people shit for watching it. Right. But well, which, which is, which that. is, which is what it'll do, which it's, it's, that's what it's going to do. It's going to, it's going to, people go, Oh, well, Cody said it was stupid and I don't want Cody to think I'm stupid. So I'm not. <laughs> I just, I just fully, I'm fully waiting for my inbox to just fill up with people that watch pro wrestling and just, just absolutely smack the shit out of me. <laughs> I think honestly, the, the way, the way I look at it, the most people who try to just like go blow it off. And when it came, when it came to wrestlers and, and, and I'm sure you've heard this word kayfabe. Uh, vaguely. Yeah. I, I've heard that word before. Okay. That's the art of protecting. Uh, most of, most of us who, and and I'm gonna say this because I I've been growing up with pro wrestling in my life for more of my life than I than I wasn't. Yeah. So, um, I say when you when you say fake, when you say fake, you don't you discount the fact that like that ring hurts. Everything we're doing hurts. Yeah. There isn't like isn't it isn't all cut. Let's get the other angle. It's 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 very, very brutal, and it it's it's for tough people. Like and there's weak, a lot of weak ass injuries that you can sustain doing a show. Right. Yeah. So I totally respect right. that too. And I guess part of it too is I don't. I think I've never really been fully immersed because earlier you were talking about 
Um, there's some escapism in pro wrestling. Um, but I guess I never had, I've never had anything where you just lose yourself in that um, and whatnot. Right. So I, I just, it, it, and part of it comes from just like not understanding that. Um, mm-hmm. Like what, like how you can fully immerse yourself into something to the point where like, yeah, like you enjoy it so much. Cause I didn't have any, I didn't have really any role models like you know, professional athletes or anything like that. I was never like, oh man, I can't wait to grow up and be like Albert Pujols. You know, I never had anybody like that. It was mostly just, I want to grow up and be my dad. And then just doing a, a bunch of kid shit and not even thinking about, I need like having someone that is larger than life. I don't really have any childhood heroes or anything like, you know, uh, in that same ballpark. Right. Go, going back real quick, and I'll get right. I'll get right back onto this. Yeah, no, go ahead. It's yeah. part of the kayfabe, and why I was bringing it up before in the before times. If you would say the word "fake" around wrestlers, they'd be obligated to hurt you. <laughs> it's, it's it's part of the code. Like you yeah. definitely, you definitely can't get punked out by somebody. And the second they the second they say fake, they they then negate they invalidate all your work that you're doing the thing that you gave your life for like you sacrificed honestly dude i've sacrificed I've so many funerals and weddings and parties i've missed out on all of that to sacrifice my dream to to be this fake thing so you're calling me fake you're saying everything i believe in and everything i gave up my life for is so easily dismissible i should beat the fuck out of you that should that's in in my like the the adrenaline in that and the yeah. protecting the business should be like mm-hmm. well don't ever call wrestling fake to a wrestler because they'll destroy you yeah well just like how i wouldn't walk up to somebody in the ufc and be like i bet you i can beat your ass pussy and then he just proceeds to absolutely dominate me, you know. Put some shoes on, you weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Put some shoes on. Hey, why don't you wear some real fucking gloves? Or why don't you do bare knuckle boxing, pussy? <laughs> like, yeah, I've done that before, but I'm gonna sit here and judge you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, what was the question again? Yeah. How did I get into it? I don't know. I think I was just mostly just throwing out all my points on things that I like to to um, peeve Quint, Quint with regarding pro wrestling, and I, uh-huh. I figured it would be it would be good to bring those points up to a pro wrestler. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a thing I've always been and a thing I'll always be, and it's a humongous part. It's taught me tons of lessons about my entire life and inspired me on who I'd like to be like and who I'd like to not be like. Be a role model. I didn't have a dad to pro wrestling filled in for that. Um, <clears throat> so, so, did you have so? Uh, I find a lot with uh, like my friends that are do like pro wrestling, you know, it's quite a few of them. Um, did somebody get you into it, or is it just something that you watched on TV and then that's how like that's how you came to to enjoy it? Because, like I said, a lot of a lot of my friends that like pro wrestling, they're into it because their parents were into it. Do you think, and if somebody did influence you to like it, do you think if they wouldn't have influenced you or exposed you to it, that you would still, that you would have been immersed in it? I don't think, well, I know no one in my family is a wrestling fan. No one in my family has ever watched wrestling. Like, like <laughs> my little sister used to watch like Monday Night Raw with me sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, 
mostly nobody in my family like my my brothers my sisters that well like my brother my brother that lives in texas watches wrestling and we talk about it every once in a while but like it's not something we jump really hard into the conversations about um but uh you know he probably looked at it he was like well my big brother's a wrestler that's why i'm gonna watch wrestling yeah yeah (laughs) maybe that maybe i was the thing that maybe i was that person for him but i don't think I don't think anybody specifically was that for me. I think my, my friend Scott, who like, I'm still very close friends with, I work with him every day. Uh, a lot of it was for us to have something to talk about on Tuesday morning at school. Fair enough. Yeah. Like for us to talk about something at break at, you know, you know, that's, I don't know if they had breakfast at your school, like break the, the lunch tables. Oh, they, they did, but I did not get there early enough. to. Fucking <laughs> Yeah, so I, it was it was mainly so that I could discuss wrestling with Scott on on Tuesday morning, or you know, I think uh, I don't know I don't know how familiar familiar you are with the timeline, but I think that what the main things that like hooked me, I remember watching, I watched um, I watched WrestleMania 13 at my friend's house who lives across the street from the house I currently live in. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And uh he, he doesn't live there anymore. But uh I watched WrestleMania 13 in his house and I saw uh Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart in the I quit match where Austin like bled and and then passed out. Yeah. Now- so like the few things that I've seen, I remember uh I remember the like the Undertaker, uh Kurt Angle, he went from he was an actual wrestler, and then he and then he joined the pro wrestling scene. I'm trying to remember what other people were in because I want to say it was probably the early mid two thousands. Because when I was growing up, we only had three channels; like we did not have cable. Mm-hmm. And you know, Raw came on on Monday nights uh, on one of the channels. So I mean, I would watch it, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So that that was pretty much that was my limited era. So I want to say probably probably oh three through oh six just. Okay catching something so i mean that wasn't the best era to be a fan i think i think the best era to be a fan was the like the 90s through like 2001 i don't know like maybe 2002 i i I remember that i got into that uh right right after that was the hell in a cell match with undertaker and Shawn michaels where Kane, kane debuted I think that happening was the thing that made me go, I'm watching this. I'm watching this all the time now. Like, mm-hmm. like I must at this point now watch Raw every week. Watch, I mean, SmackDown wasn't a thing yet, but I was like, I had to watch WCW. I had mm-hmm. to watch WWF. I had to like consume as much pro yeah. wrestling as I could because it was fun. It was just fun. Yeah. So after, so after you like, childhood so when when did you get into pro wrestling did did you start out like amateur like backyard mattresses and stuff like that and then get kind of kind of yeah we used to do we actually used to do like uh mattress fights up in my friend's uh garage like he had the the loft above his garage yeah we used to do like fake mattress fights and then we do like trampoline fights and then um my friend scott who i was just telling you about found a found an ad in the newspaper and this is oh, an ad in the newspaper 
When I was a youngin, we used to read a physical newspaper. Everything wasn't on the internet. So Scott found this thing in the newspaper that was like that there was a wrestling school in right around in our town. It was a uh, it was in Bristol, PA. What we live in we live in Bucks County. So it was okay. it was in our area. And uh and kids our age were going there. So he was like, Well, let's go. And I was like, Yeah, we absolutely have to go. So we started going there and uh, I was it was it was the summer before ninth grade, so I was 14. Okay. <clears throat> and uh he, and uh we we kept going there until the place shut down, and then we got and then uh the from the people that I met there, I went to a, a like a real school and learned how to wrestle for real. Because that 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 thing around us was just like a you know, it was kind of like a backyard sort of like glorified backyard wrestling. It was like yeah, these these like dudes who were uh, students at this other wrestling school like dropped out and they were they wanted to start their own thing and they didn't know what they were doing. They got yeah, some so basics and like, oh, I know. Yeah, let's start our own business. I've been here for six months and a day. I know what to do. Yeah, that's that's mostly why when I tell the story, I don't say their names. <laughs> they don't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been in the business for 10 whole months <laughs> i know everything you should listen to me right <laughs> but yeah so i got trained the right way when i was 16 and uh that was like through friends who i had made through this uh this fake school yeah, yeah. and so like upon graduating like was there like an actual program type no, deal? Not really. I mean, I mean, I was in school while doing this, so my my trainers would uh, check my report cards and they would like try to talk to my mom about how it was doing and stuff like that. And oh, so they're kind of is a mentorship too. sort of. Yeah, that's why I said like a, the the male role model shit that that I didn't have. I started getting through wrestling. I started getting through having these 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 men take an interest and like really care. And these yeah. these are at this point in my life, some still like it's such a cool thing to know that as a man, I'm friends with these men still. Yeah. And like it's not it's not the it's not the like teacher student relationship anymore. It's just like we're great friends. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So after so when did you sign your first contract? I never had never. a contract ever. No, never had a contract. So was it just one of those where it was a televised series and you were just yeah. on it and, and that's how it went? Or Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just, uh, I was paying my dues still. So I wasn't even, I don't think I was even getting paid. It was just like, there was a show that I was doing that happened to also be on TV. Gotcha. So then how long did you do that for? Uh, I was there till, I was there from, like 2002 to like 2004. I don't know. Probably two years. I mean, probably only two years. Wasn't gotcha. very long. And then what'd you do after that? I mean, did oh, you just do indies and indies, tons of indies. I've done tons of indies, just tons of like very, very like f farmers market, VFW hall, armories, yeah. uh, basketballs, basketball courts. And they just set a ring up 
and I go out there and I do fire hall. Uh, what other kind of buildings? Uh, skating rinks? Uh, uh, yeah, just really anywhere. Yeah, anywhere where they're going to set up a ring. Sounds sounds kind of like uh, stand-up comedy. I mean, obviously, I don't do stand-up comedy, but I've listened to enough stand-up comedians, and they talk about nooners and just doing random shows where you just show up because you needed that stage time. You would just show up, and someone's like, oh, hey, yeah, you can. Ha- here's a mic. Um, here's a very small... Um, speak or uh, uh, fucking it's a, a the thing you listen to music. Uh, Boom box, a little yeah machine. That's a little uh, it, it's yeah, it's a speaker, right? Yeah, no, yeah. Here's a speaker. Here's a microphone. Have at it. And by the way, no one knows you're coming. Well, I've been do I've been doing open mics and stand up since like 2008 is when I started doing stand up and. Oh. The worlds are so parallel. Everything is exactly the same. So much is exactly the same. It, it's except uh, what, what's super cool is like since since I'm 14, 15 years old, I've been addicted to the serotonin release that's associated with people applauding me, giving me validation. Yeah. Uh, so in comedy, I get that exact thing, except I don't have to take my clothes off and no one has to hit me in my face. <laughs> sounds like a porn set yeah <laughs> i get to keep all my clothes on and no one hits me yeah i don't have to, I don't have to fall down i don't have to risk concussions or anything yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah so what's uh what's the comedy been like for you then um i think you know i think i was just starting to hit my stride man and then and covid happened yeah i mean i was starting to i think i was getting to the point where like all my, I was recording all my sets and listening back to them, and I was like, "I'm such a fan of comedy. I'm as much of a fan of co- stand-up comedy as I am of pro wrestling." Yeah. So any any like new special, I know about it. Any like I've watched like every stand-up comedy documentary. I'm such a nerd, nerd for stand-up comedy. Like one of the biggest comedy nerds that you'll ever meet, maybe. So all right, so uh, top five comedians. Uh, Mitch Hedberg, number one. Okay. Um, Pretty sure. I, I've heard the name. I don't, I don't know if I've seen his work, but I probably should. Um, he's dead now. Well, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I knew. Like, I've heard. I think I've heard Joe Rogan, like Tom Segura, and them talk about talk about um, him. So, uh, Mitch Hedberg, uh, Mike Birbiglia, Pete Holmes, John well, Mulaney. Yeah, I, I, I could continue listing stuff. I'd say <laughs> Joe Rogan's up there uh, as a comic. He's so funny. Dave Chappelle. Uh, I've watched every. Th- I've watched the new Brian Regan special three times already. Have you I seen that on? I didn't really. Man, I put it on. I put it on the uh, two nights ago. Yeah, I put it on a couple nights ago to watch it. I don't know. I'm just because I, I remember watching his special that was before that came out. I think it came out in seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um. I've just been never a big uh, fan of his brand of comedy. I think I, I, it's mostly the voice. I, I you know, podcast and I like him on podcasts. Uh, same with like Joe Rogan. Um, his obviously him on podcasts. Obviously, it, it's great to listen to and whatnot. Um, but I think I've mostly come to know Joe as being just if you want to listen to people talk and actually like learn stuff and whatnot. Um, definitely great, and I've watched the, the the specials that he's got on on Netflix. And there's 
funny stuff in there, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the way my brain is it recognizes him now is mostly for just I, I don't know his 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 content other than his stand up stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Mike Bur- Burbiglia. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, he's the he's the uh, he's not he didn't his special wasn't the Tennessee kid, is it? That no, was that's, that's Nate Bergazzi. Yeah, Bergazzi. Yeah. Uh, Mike Burbig. Hold on, I know I've seen his it's, stuff. I'm just gonna, thank, I, God, thank God for jokes was one of his uh specials on Netflix. My um my secret public journal. Yes, 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 yes. So I like I like him. His delivery is a little uh a little strange for me. Um what's the uh he he uh, talks in the falsetto a bunch. He's got like 10 specials. He's got six specials out on Netflix. Uh balding white dude. He talks like this and he'll come back down and <sighs> You know he's a he's a major comedian. I'm I, I here. I got I got to look. <laughs> We're getting to the like. I don't know. I I would call myself um, a comedy fan, but whatever it comes to being put on the spot, I think <laughs> always takes a shit. Um, right, that always happens. It's you know, and I I listen to one of my favorite comics has my favorite podcast. Uh, his name is Pete Holmes. And he has a podcast yeah. called You Made It Weird. And I listen to it and I'm like, man, he's so smart and so good at stuff. It's like when I when I'm like, oh man, I that's one of the things that inspires me and goes, Well, you know, if I have a podcast, I want it to be something like what I would listen to. So when I would listen to Pete Holmes, I'd be inspired to go like, Oh, I want to make sure I kind of know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the things that yeah. I'm that I'm discussing. Jim Gaffigan is who who I was oh, thinking. Jim- Oh, hot pockets! Yeah, I I can't. I, I when he goes up into that high voice, I uh-huh. he loses me. I've watched every single one of his specials. Uh-huh. And I I enjoy the stuff he does that in his normal voice, but whenever he goes up into that stuff, I'm just, come on, man! Like you're doing really good. I just can't handle it. I I um I like Jim Gaffigan. Um, I watched all of his stuff, and uh, but I think. That 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 character isn't isn't the best in my opinion, but yeah. I, I like it. I like him, but I don't. He's not one of my favorites. Yeah. What about uh, Bill Burr? Bill Burr is amazing. Like nobody nobody could do, do what Bill Burr does the way he does it and get away with it. Yeah, dude. I so I was uh, um I was listening to a podcast the other day and someone mentioned um like Richard Burr or something like that. And I was like, wait, is that because I knew because I've listened to Bill's podcast since it came out in 07. So probably since 2013. Um, and I remember in one of his his episodes, he was doing a, a benefit for his brother's uh, Senate campaign. And I know that they're from Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like, oh, is that his brother? Anyways, clicked on an article that was about um, Bill Burr and his family. And the article said Bill Burr, most known for his work in Breaking Bad and um, The Mandalorian, who is also a stand-up comedian. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Who is writing this article? Bill Burr is one of the powerhouses in comedy, but you really wouldn't know it. Um, Bill Burr, to me, like, he's not one of those really... If you know comedy, you know Bill Burr. But if you don't know comedy you may not know who he is because he's not like a Joe Rogan. Who's been on TV a bunch. 
um, with like Fear Factor and stuff like that. Bilber is just huge in the comedy scene, but well, it's not big in, like flashy, I guess. For a long time, I would just go to bed with with um, one of Bill Burr's specials on or yep. one of John Mulaney's specials on. And like nowadays, I mostly just put on like podcasts when I go to bed. And yep. sometimes it'll be the Bill Burt podcast. I listen to that one pretty yeah. often. I, I didn't know who uh, Burt was until mm-hmm. one of Joe Rogan's, uh, I think it's the first of October they did. Mm-hmm. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I think right after that, his uh, um, machine special came out. Yeah, I've watched self um, also. I I can do Two Bears, One Cave with him and Tom Segura. I can't do the Bill Burt podcast um, because Burt and I can't do Burt's actual podcast either. He's a good supporting role. But on the Bill Burt podcast, Bill t- kind of takes the supporting role. And and I don't I don't know Bert kind of gets he kind of gets on my nerves and he also played because he's a like super into just worrying about shit or whatever and it kind of like I'm kind of one of those people too when he starts like oh I should go to the doctor because all this whatever like he brings he gives me anxiety listening to him because I'm like I do that same shit anxiety levels up yeah it's like I do that same shit I don't I I, I listen to podcasts to escape that stuff I don't want to have to think about it yeah I I'm dude. Do you, do you watch uh, Todd Glass's specials? Todd Glass. Let me Google him real quick. Like I said, man, terrible, terrible with his stuff. Todd. He's got. Just want, have one come out. Yeah, I think he has two specials on Netflix. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. I I recognize him, and I'm pretty sure I've probably seen one of his specials. Here's. Okay. Yeah, All dude, right. You should watch his stuff. Oh, He's that's so- the guy that you had on, on, the, on the show. I, I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, Fucking nuts. Okay. Yes, I know. Uh, yes, I, I've seen one of his specials. Correct. Uh, do you know Mark Norman? Yes. He he's on he's on Rogan a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's got a special on YouTube called Out to Lunch, and uh, it's really really good. So uh, if you get a chance to YouTube that Out to Lunch, yeah, I'll put it in my notes real quick so I remember it. Um, yeah, so John Mulaney, does he have any specials earlier than what the ones he's got on the kid, kid gorgeous? Um, uh, comeback kid and new in town, yeah, new in town's the newest or the oldest one that's on Netflix. Yeah, does he have any other before that? He just had an album before that. Yeah, gotcha. the, the album is on Spotify, it's called The Top Part. It's really funny. Cool. Uh, have you, uh, oh, um. There's another comedian that I've never seen any of his, like I've never seen him have a special, um, but he's super funny. He comes up in pan, my Pandora stand-up comedy thing all the time. Chad Daniels. Uh, Chad Daniels. Yeah. I, he might have one special, but that dude is the yeah. funniest guy. Do you have, do you have um, Tubi? No, I do not. On the, on the free app Tubi, I think, my boy, Dad Chaniels has two specials. I've da- I actually have bought both of his because he really he released them as uh, albums, whatever, and I bought them on iTunes. Okay, yeah, but I don't know why he hasn't bi- made it bigger. You, yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing he, good. He's funny. doing good. He's doing pretty good. I would I wouldn't say he's failing in any way. Well, well, yeah, I don't I don't mean that, but he just needs to get a special on Netflix for yeah. mo- more people to know he exists. 
Yeah, because I mean that that is one of those things where you know you can bring up most of the big names in comedy, and people know, will have at least heard of them. Mm-hmm. But Chad Daniels is one of those guys. I feel like he's one of the funniest people that you've never. Yeah, he's so funny. Yeah. Do you do you like um, Joey Diaz? Yes, I I you tried- totally would love Joey Diaz. Yeah, no, I've listened. I love him on Rogan. I've listened to Joey's uh, podcast. Oh, Joey, oh, Joey's joint. You listen to yeah. that? I probably listened to his uh, his uh, uh, the church. No, the church. What's happening? No, podcast. right. He just he switched it. Did he? He changed it. Well, he he moved back to Jersey, and uh, so Lee Syatt's not on the show with him anymore. He doesn't call it the church anymore. He calls it Uncle Joey's joint. And I listened to his episode that he put out today with Doug Stanhope. Okay, that was fun. Yeah, so I I listened to him for because I loved him every time he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Like when I saw Joe Rogan, uh, you know Joey Diaz, like I I couldn't hit the button fast enough. Um, I loved listening to him on there, but and I listened to his podcast for probably probably a month or two, like every week, and I just I just couldn't get behind it. He's another one of those people like with Bert, um, love him on other people's show and whatnot, but just can't for whatever reason. He's not as funny on his show, I think, as he is on Rogan because he, on Rogan he's telling all these stories and his podcast is mostly kind of uplifting and just trying to build a community. You know what I mean? Sweetie, he's such yeah. a sweetie. I, that's why I love the the because you'll hear him on Rogan and you'll be like, "This guy is he's calling everybody cocksucker." So you think yeah. like he's a jerk, but then you're like, "Oh, he, you know." Oh, I wouldn't describe him as a jerk. No, no, yeah. yeah, he tells all these funny stories that like literally. I hey, listen yeah, I listen to podcasts all the time and rarely do I actually laugh out loud. Like I will be amused the whole time I'm listening to podcasts, uh-huh. but it takes something to really get me to actually laugh out loud. I'm uh-huh. the same way with comedy specials, but like every time Joey would tell a story, I'd be rolling like Dude. in the car. Like I'm in a wreck if I don't pull, <laughs> like turn this off or pull over. Dude, the, when he was talking about when he was on Rogan and he was talking about how he couldn't take a COVID test. Because he's got too much shit in his nose. Yeah. <laughs> got a asshole dust up there. When he said asshole dust, I like, oh, <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. No, that's awesome, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have any friends that I can talk to about like stand up comedy. Oh, absolutely cool. No, absolutely no one I know is super into stand up comedy. So it's actually nice to meet well, someone who's all about it. <laughs> Welcome to this friendship. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and so top five for me, I think I'd have to go with Burr, then Tom Segura, then uh probably John Mulaney, and then um I really like Nate Bergazzi. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's I think he's, his second special, I think I saw it on Netflix. It's dropping in like in a couple weeks. Right. Um I think he's really moving up there for me. I listen to his podcast too. Do you listen to it? Have you heard it? Does he have? He has one. It's called the Nate Land Podcast. Nate Land Podcast. All right, I will write that down as well. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's a good one. I like it. Yeah, and I then saw, I saw him. I saw him uh, Skankfest like two years ago. Oh, that's maybe, awesome. Maybe two years ago. Man, it's, it's funny because I had a thing. I actually wrote it down in my joke book. Because it was like he said something with his accent being so strong, I couldn't understand. He was talking about a civil war reenactment. Yeah, but it sounded to me like he said a silverware reenactment. And I was like, 
these knives and these forks and they go out. Yeah, that's that is one of the things uh, I I think being a, a creator or for me like an amateur wannabe stand up comedian like mm-hmm. and like a wannabe amateur <laughs> stand up comedian um, yeah. is when I hear people say stuff or mispronounce something or something like you just said. Um, my mind immediately takes off and tries to find the joke in that. Is that something that you find yourself doing often? All the time, yeah. That's get yourself a notebook, man. Get yourself oh, a notebook. I, I've got, uh, I've got my phone. I don't, I don't really see. I half-ass it because I'll hear something, and then I'll play the entire bit out in my mind, and I just write down the 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 title. Or right. just like the the subject basically, and then mm-hmm. I totally fucking forget it, and then I'll bring it up on the podcast, and then I have to re remember it. Right, and right. Yeah, I do that the exact same thing, man. I I have stuff on my phone. I'm gonna see if I can show you my my quick notes is filled with stuff that I'm not going to understand what it means. <laughs> yeah, I find myself multiple times like, what the fuck does that even mean? What was I trying to tell myself? Like it's just a like a little like yep. premise or whatever. I I put um, this as some women will say uh, just another notch in your bedpost when they talk about yeah. guys and like like piling up the girls that they've been with. And uh, I've never seen anyone's bedpost with notches on it. The only <laughs> time I've ever seen notches near a bed were like in a prison movie when somebody's counting <laughs> how long they've been in prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Yeah. No, yeah. So, yeah, no. Um, so when you write jokes, do you, when you're writing a set, do you sit down and type out your entire set and memorize it? No. How, how do you, cause I've always been, cause I hear all the comedians talk about writing jokes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they have to memorize their set. I've always been curious when they say that, do they mean they type it out word for word and practice it in the mirror? No, no. I mean, some people do that. I mean, some people do do that. Um, some people have to be meticulous about hitting every word the way that they've they've like figured it out. Like some people will type it all out, and like that's part of their, I guess, like uh, process. Braid brain, like type A personality or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, uh, that's not me. What I'll do is like I'll know kind of how I how like if I go to see. I just said like too many times. I'll go to an open mic, and. I'll gauge the reaction I got the way I wanted the words to go. And then I'll edit that for the next time I get up on stage and do it and uh, try to arrive at the best part. That's why I miss like weekly open mics. I hosted two open, two weekly open mics like two summers ago. I miss that so bad. (laughs) It keeps you so fresh and so like, ah, like, so a lot of times when I'm like, Oh, I used to do this joke. I'm like, well, I did it once at one of the open mics that I was hosting. Yeah. So it's like a lot of times I'll say, oh, I used to do this, but I, I've tried it. <laughs> I've tried it once. Tried it. Yeah. So when you're planning your set, then do you just remember topic and then you remember the, the order that those go in and that's how you do your set? I have a real hard time remembering. Uh, I write them down in an order in which I'd like them to go. And yeah. a lot of times I'll forget to do it the way I wanted it to go, or I'll have it. I'll have. I'll. I'll write it down. I'll write out the bullet points of how I like what order I want it to go in, and yeah. I will fall out of that order because I will get too 
nervous about, dude, I get so nervous. It's like, I'll get too nervous about like a joke, not getting over the way I wanted it to get over or like get the reaction that I wanted it to get. Or, or like, maybe it wasn't, maybe it got a big reaction and I want to follow it with another really big reaction. So it's like, I'm calling audibles that I shouldn't be calling. (laughs) I should just stay with the way I wrote it, the way that I wrote, like, well, you know, it's going to be bullet point, this bullet point, that bullet point, this, and I got to just carry that like a little post-it, not a post-it note, but I have like a, like a, a, a stationary card or something where like, I'll take my, I'll take my notebook up on stage and I'll like write down the bullet point set and I'll open that page and I'll put it on the stool and then just do it. You should just pull a Dion Cole and just straight up, just have the shit in front of you. <laughs> like that is one of the things in his, in his special. I'm assuming you've seen his special. Yeah. Yeah. That I thought was perfect because as as a comedian, I, I, I'm sure he doesn't need it, but you could re- literally write down all the jokes so you know you get the delivery correct, you don't miss a word or anything like that. Just having it there, it's a prop. It's, it's part of the act, but at the same time, you're helping yourself out. Well, it's also like the idea of it is it's supposed to seem like I'm saying all this stuff for the first time. So if I'm reading it off of a piece of paper, it's ruining the illusion for people. And the 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 lesson I've learned in pro wrestling is mm-hmm. be careful about the illusions that you ruin for people. Uh, because that could be your your whole thing. And you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if like I, I I operate under the assumption that anyone who's come to see me, whether it be wrestling or do comedy or listen to this podcast, I go under the impression that they're making their first impression on what it is by my performance. So I'm like, I go, well, well, there's probably a lot of people in the audience who already think wrestling's bullshit. So yeah. I got to make sure I over deliver for those skeptics. And there's always going to be those skeptics. I don't ever believe that everyone at that wrestling show loves wrestling and is there because they want to see. Like, wrestling. Yeah. So I'll go like, well, if I can change this, if I can change this skeptic and have them go, well, that guy, that castle guy, he made me want to come back. Like that's the part, the part of it in my head is like, I want to wrestle in a way that makes somebody who's not seen wrestling before want to come back and keep seeing it. Yeah. That's a good, uh, yeah, that's a good attitude to take, I guess. Yeah. So when it comes to stand up, I also go like, well, most people who are coming to see me, maybe not don't know who I am. And, have never never gone to a comedy event before. Maybe this is their first time. And if they're like, yeah, I went to see comedy. The guy was reading from his notebook. Sucked. <laughs> Fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go to comedy again. It's going to be a bunch of amateur dorks with their, with their stupid cell phones out trying to read their notes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, with podcasting, and I, I guess you already you do do stand up comedy. Um, what do you? Because I've kind of thought about this before. Because um, I do podcasts first, and I've thought about doing some amateur open mics. But where I'm from, there's no. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to go to an open mic, you're driving two hours to Kansas City, mm-hmm. which is good because at least it's two hours away and not eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But like what? what then you got to drive home with the shame of a bomb. Yeah, 
Uh, well, I drive two hours to do to do like a three minute set, but I've I've thought about it. So, do you approach your podcasting and your stand up comedy career in the same way? Because I've noticed uh, in a lot of comedians, they do their podcast that is markedly different than their stand up. You know, so if you watch their stand up um, uh, specials. There's some through lines between their podcast and their actual stand up, but you can tell that it's two different performances, if right. that makes sense. And yeah. I've also thought about like if I were to try and put together a five minute set, I'm going to pull from my podcasting experience so far some stuff that I thought was funny. But the thing is, with podcasting, you don't get that instant feedback. You know, the only way you know that if you're being successful or funny is if people your your podcast continues to grow so you know that you're doing something right but you don't know what you're doing right you know yeah uh, so the way i look at it like um i think everything i feel everything i'm doing feeds everything else so okay. uh in doing the podcast in doing the podcast i'd hope that i'd gain a more comfortability in front of a microphone in front of people maybe maybe trying maybe trying to to do it to do a joke um and if if it gets a laugh from the one guest yeah maybe, maybe then i'll go all right maybe i can maybe i can make a bit out of that so people see me do comedy and they go oh he's got a podcast oh what's his po oh in this podcast he talks about how he's a wrestler let's check out his wrestling stuff oh this pro wrestler that i'm liking also also acts and stuff Oh, you know that he also does comedy. Oh, you know that he also does a podcast. Oh, yes. you know that, so everything else just hopefully feed into everything else. Yeah. So, um, I'd I'd hope that I'd hope that you'd you'd read those through lines through um, my standup. Like in my standup, I'd absolutely I've done a lot of the jokes on here, and people like like the some of the things I'll come up with on here, and I'll write them down. The um, like the Monday morning podcast. Yeah. Like you, you're, you're hearing that all that stuff became every special bear hat. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. So yeah. I, you're right. Yeah. I kind of want that too. You know, I, I do want to gather a sort of cult following from all of the things that I'm doing so that, you know, so that I can like, it so, sounds sounds like really really arrogant. I do want to make an impact on this world. Yeah, I do want to uh, get people to understand how to listen and how to understand uh, and be sympathetic and empathetic and and uh, evolve into a better version of themselves. Hence, it's called evolving with Corey Castle. Boom! Brought it all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's 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 awesome man yeah um <laughs> so i think stuff i'm curious about so living out there in kansas right yeah. you, you live in kansas right correct yep and you said the schools were so rural that like bullying wasn't an issue yeah correct not 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 in the uh not in the Hollywood slash uh, maybe uh, metropolitan schools, as far as that goes, because the thing about the thing about my schools is um, 
I went to a very good public school. Like we, uh, our school district for junior or for um, high school, junior high, and elementary school received the Blue Ribbon Award, and it's this big fucking accolade that less than one percent of all public schools in the nation get. So like we had a very, a very good education um and whatnot and but it was like i said it was very rural my my hometown where i went to elementary school had 300 people in it um and that's including kind of outlying areas and then my high school um was seven miles away it was in between two rural communities that they built this in between Mm -hmm. Um, and my class was the biggest class ever graduated from there at the time and it was 58 and so in going to school all the you know just about everybody whether that's through family connections or whatnot, because there's a lot of, la- you'll, even if you don't know that person specifically, you'll know the last name because there's just families and you understand, like, you know, the families or you might know someone in that family and generations go through there. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to your interactions with your fellow classmates, your parents, everyone's parents knows everyone's parents. And there just wasn't, there's none of that shit where you just, pick on someone to pick on someone and it's part of being i think in from the midwest and just being nice to people in general so you you didn't you didn't have that shit because a your parents whoop your ass when you got home if you're you know the teacher calls and says that you're you know picking on kids or whatnot and there there was that just basic do-gooderism where Mm -hmm. if you saw somebody picking on somebody else um then you'd step up and say something or like don't be a fucking asshole and then the peer pressure of appearing to be a bully or just an asshole was enough to make people conform to not do that. What about, what about spirituality? What about religion and and that sort of thing? Was that, was that a present factor in your life? Uh, not, uh, no. So I'm, so I'm atheist. Um, but a lot of my friends and I mean, it's, it's not like the Bible belt or anything like that, but yes, like a lot of my classmates and stuff, they went to church every Sunday, you know what I mean? Um, and whatnot, but it was never like a big part of my life and not really with my friends. Like religion around here is more of like a quiet thing mm-hmm. where like you hold those values and you, you go to church on Sunday and whatnot and you're, you're with your congregation, but it's not pushy or anything like that. And it's not trying to get in. It's, it's living cr- Christian Jude- Judeo values without pushing in people's face. Mm-hmm. So, um, as an atheist, you you're uh, in the very much like dead over, like the nothing happens when you die camp. Um, so I'm not going to say I'm a default atheist in the sense that I, I I kind of believe in spirituality, but despise organized religion in the sense that how can you definitively say that something happens? And, you know, I, I, I say I'm atheist, but I, I don't know what happens after you die. Right. But I, you know, you study the history of most of these religions and whatnot and kind of how they got their birth and what the purpose of them was. Um, and I just all personally think it's kind of bullshit, but the, at the same time, I recognize the impact and the role that, that religion has played in society. And like living, most of our laws are based on, like I said, Christian Judeo values. You know, don't you can't murder someone. It's one of the Ten Commandments, all that stuff. So, I mean, they played a role in civilization and the life that I lead now. 
So I, I think I can recognize that these are all very good things that came out of it without having to believe um, in what they believe. Right. No, no uh, so gray, gray, gray bearded man on a cloud in a lifeguard tower. Yeah. It's not, I, I, I mean, I fully, I'm, I'm pretty much there. I'm, I'm with you on it. I think that I'm, I, I don't want to say I identify as atheist because I'd say well, maybe I'm, agnostic. I lean, I lean more towards Buddhism, I guess. Uh, but I've not, I've not like taken the bite. You know what I mean? I haven't yeah. taken the bite into Buddhism, but I'd say I recognize more with the ideals of Buddhism in, in the, in the, like the, the gratitude and the, and the, what we're gonna, we gotta do something. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it all can't be for nothing. It's not just some coincidence. Yeah. So I, my, my thing I like to take my, my favorite take on religions in general is like, like you, I would probably, I probably most associate with uh, Christian values. Right. But I also believe that you can not believe in their God, but also take good lessons and ideals and um, whatnot from various religions and then apply those to your life without having to whole like wholesale believe believe everything like well, and stuff like that i told i i agree with you know um what you're saying you know gratitude and stuff like that and positivity and and whatnot there's things from the because i when i was in the military i was deployed and i got to speak to a lot of muslims um and learn about their religion and stuff like that and i took some things from that that I thought were good values and whatnot um, and Christianity and all that stuff. So yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think being able to take stuff from various religions without having to devote yourself to something like that is good. It doesn't take away from them. You know, you don't have to believe what they believe, but you can also agree with them on some of their values that you agree with. Well, I do think in that, like, Staying flexible is always the most important thing to me. I feel like I never can say that I'm all the way right because what if I'm not? I can never say that I'm all the way wrong because what if I'm right? So I, I'd like to keep it somewhere in the middle and be flexible on it. I do yeah. think that when I think the idea of like heaven being a place you go to, I don't know if I can subscribe to that. Uh, yeah. I don't hell a place you can go to. I don't know if I subscribe to that. But uh, I feel like when I say that the thing about the bearded, the gray bearded man on a cloud, it's yeah. like, it's like, I think God's, I think God is us. I think we're that. I think that the, the, the energy that's in your brain, like if, if they do a brain scan on you and yeah. see all that electricity in there, I think that's God. I think the, the wind that blows through the trees that, that, that filters through and you breathe that in that's God. I think that's what God is. And I think as long as you're grateful, as long as you're willing to admit that you're not perfect and you're willing to learn and grow and evolve that you'll probably, you probably find what heaven is while you're here. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah. That actually, that's, that's a very good point. Um, yeah, you shouldn't, kind of goes along with the thing of 
you shouldn't be acting a certain way because you think in the afterlife you're going to get somewhere. Right. There is something to be said for no, you act a certain way on this planet so that you can achieve that while you're still living. Right. So it's, can, not, it's not a make it a, s- sit, a sit, lay down, roll over. Good boy. Here's your treat. Yeah. It's not a, it's not like a, a, a check sheet. Like, all right, I did this. I did this. I did this. Yeah, I'm good to go. And then you not, nothing happens. Hey, I want to, I want to recommend a movie for you. What's that? Um, it's on HBO Max. It's called Defending Your Life. Okay. It's uh, Mel, Br- not Mel Brooks, Albert Brooks uh, and Meryl Streep. Okay. It's, re- it's, it's good. It's like, um, it's like they, the guy dies and goes to a purgatory where in the purgatory, the, the lawyer, they treat it like a courtroom where they show like highlights and lowlights of your life. Yeah. And why you should go to heaven or hell. It's, 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 uh, I remember that being a lot of the ideas of a lot of the ideas of like what happens to you when you die came to me from like movies. Like I, I remember seeing like Bill and Ted's bogus journey and dogma and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. all hey. go to heaven, all those things like etched to me what afterlife was. Yeah. And, don't, and, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm fucking hedging my bets and making sure that uh i'm living my life in a way that if god actually does exist i can i can i can be in the courtroom but i can look at all the shit i did <laughs> I, may not, I may i may not wholeheartedly believe that there's gonna be a man in the sky that i have to answer to um when when i die but damn it if i do i'm gonna have a suitcase <laughs> ready dude i had a bit i had a bit that i did about this i tried i tried a bit about this there's a there's a billboard up uh, in in philly that says, uh, when you die, you will meet God. Yeah. And I was like, that, that's pretty cocky. That's pretty cocky. You know, when you die, there's probably a zillion other people who are probably dying at that exact moment. If anything, it's like a meet and greet line. I was <laughs> like, going to say, well, how long do you think that fucking line is? <laughs> you're standing in line forever. You get to the front of the line. He signs your Bible and then goes, get to the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Like, yeah. The, the, the handlers shoo you along. All right. Yeah. Well, Bill Burr actually has a kind of a, he, he talks about it often um, about like getting into heaven. He's like, imagine living in heaven. That must be fucking hell. Like what is every day supposed to be great? You know, there's no cloudy. There's no clouds. What does ever fucking rain here? Yeah. You know, cause like after the first, you know, he said, you know, after the first thousand days, wouldn't you be like, man, this is getting fucking boring, you know? Yeah, I, I had a thing I used to say a lot about that too. I, I went on a cruise that was 13 days. I was like, that's too many days. I hate this. I want to be home now. Yeah, exactly. And so what? I'm supposed to spend the rest of eternity in just bliss? Fuck, right. that sounds way too exciting. Or it sounds way too boring. Make, make, make this bliss. Make this now where you are and the things that you want. Be them. Have those things be closer to what you believe heaven should be yeah no so, that's definitely some great wisdom to live by you know what i mean yeah so i got two more things for you and then i'm uh send you off riding off into the sunset with a hot dog and a handshake ready hey all right all right let's get to it okay so in the idea of you know being on the record and this outliving us yeah I do a I do a segment that I like to call audio time travel. Okay. Right. So 
the words that you speak next will be going directly to the ears of your of your adult children. Okay. God damn, this got heavy real quick, man. You just transported me about 40 years into the future. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. So whatever whatever you're saying, you're saying right to them right now. Okay. It's a very important message that's audio time traveled. Okay. It's me, your fat ass dad. Um, I just want you to know that uh, I love you. Take all of my work and digest it and take the things that you like out of it and the things that you don't like. Or draw the good things that you like from my content and use that and take the things that I, uh, you don't like and just pretend like they didn't happen. All right. You know me. I'm an asshole. Um, but I'm also your dad. And you know that I love you. And uh, use this digital diary that I've uh, left for you to remember me, whether that's good or bad. But uh, use it. There you go. God, God damn you shit. Yeah, dude, that's that's heavy and I like that. You know, because I, I you I don't know if there's some cosmic connection, but you brought up a lot of shit that I've been thinking about in the last like two weeks on stuff like we were talking earlier about memories, uh, <laughs> and then about you know, um, you know, basically digital diary, you're leaving behind a whole collection of work and whatnot. I've been thinking about this stuff a lot over the last two or three weeks, and you're just like, hey. All of this that you've been thinking about, I got you. <laughs> well, it's all it's all important. It's all it's if you've been thinking about it, it's been important, and there's been a place for you to to come out with it. And here happens to be the place, and right now happens to be the time. Uh, I have I've had this like dream, this dream intro to the show. Yeah, I have it. If you if you download the show directly from Spreaker, which I don't know if anybody does that, directly from like the app that I hosted from, yeah, and only on that app, uh, when when the show starts, it'll do the it'll the beginning is just like the very end of the song, uh, Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine. Okay, yeah, where, in, where he goes, it has to start someplace. It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? And, and that's how they jump right into the, the awesome. show. And that that that's perfect metaphor for like everything I do. I'm like, yeah, what better time than now for yeah. anything? Like, I'm for sure going to <laughs> I'm for sure going to ask you to be exactly who you want to be when you want to be it. And and if you know if you're up for it absolutely take us down the journey we'll talk about it well well dude honestly i have to say to you bef before anything else while while we're on the record and i'm speaking directly to you yeah i'm happy to be a resource for you in any way possible if you need a friend if you need if you need uh guidance in any way if you just need if you want to come up to philly you need a couch to sleep on hit me up uh, if you're going through anything and you need some just a judgment-free conversation, please do not hesitate at all to ever reach out to me. Yeah, appreciate that, man. S same here. I, I try and be that person for other people. And I've, I've been that person for a, a lot of other people as well, so I really appreciate that. That's good. Now, the way I wrap it up every time, the way we wrap up okay. on, on Evolving with Corey Castle, as uh, I would say, hypothetically, I've gifted you this show. 
Okay. So from now on, it's evolving with Cody William. And <laughs> this has been the pilot episode. This has been your first episode of your new podcast. And in a very Jerry Springer's final thought sort of way, wrap it all up in a nice pretty bow, which you kind of just were doing. <laughs> wrap it all up in a nice pretty bow and tell us how uh, you can learn from your life lessons in order to evolve to a better version of yourself tomorrow as you are today. And just at the end, to keep it silly and to keep it light, do your best Alf impression and say, hey, Willie. Al Alf. What do you... Alf, Alf was a car, a sitcom from the from the like eighties or nineties or something. God damn it, you you and Quinn, I swear to God, you just keep keep putting me on the spot with these old fucking TV shows and movies. So I look like an idiot because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> okay, we'll just just do a, a silly wrap up then. Yeah. Okay. So you want so this has been the pilot episode for the Evolving with Cody um, podcast, and so I'm. So you want me to wrap up what we talked about and then go moving forward, be a better version of you essentially. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of evolving with Cody William. Uh, I really hope to bring this show to you guys every week today on, uh, on the show. We talked with Corey. We talked about dreams, how things that happened to you in your past might just make an impact on you. That is going to live with you for the rest of your life. And something that I like to take from that is apply that to your own interactions with people. You never know when you're going to make an impact on someone's life that that memory is just going to stick with them. Now, do you want that to be a good one or do you want that to be a bad one? When it comes to religion, whether you believe or you don't believe, believe in principles and morality and take from that what you will and apply that to your life and take your interactions with people and always treat it like uh, it's the first time they're ever seeing you or inter interacting with something that you stand with, whether it be stand-up comedy, podcasts, pro wrestling, um, and just just try and grow. You know, there's no better time to start than now. So, uh, with that, thank you so much, Corey, for being on the show. Um, remember, guys, pee is stored in the balls. No. <laughs> he is stored in the ball. Yeah, dude, that's 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 how I wrap up our show. Like, like pee is stored in the balls and semen stored in your bladder. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just take it from a, a real sentimental shitty place and just be like, hey, guess what? Pee is stored in your balls. Uh, for the next week. <laughs> oh man, thank you for that. Yeah, no, I, I I gave it my best. I thought it was getting a little lame there at the end, so I had to save it with one of my shitty jokes. <laughs> I want I want to say uh, this the stuff that I the stuff that I said to you. I want to make sure that anyone listening, if this is their first time ever checking out the show, please uh, please know how important it is to me. The currency that you've spent here today, the the currency of your effort and your attention is far more valuable to me than any dollars that are in my bank account. And they are definitely, definitely appreciated. And if you also need a friend or uh, just judgment-free conversation, don't, don't hesitate to reach out to your boy. Not hard to get a hold of Corey Castle on all the platforms. And uh, you know, if, if you like the show, if you like the show, let me know you exist. You know, comment below and maybe subscribe on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash 
Corey Castle, C-O-R-Y-K-A-S-T-L-E. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, you know, keep on, keep on paying it forward, you know. Just pay attention to the lessons that you're teaching. Yeah, be fun. Good, man. Be fun. Have safe. Keep evolving.